Just the look of the call makes you so giddy to be an American duck hunter. Bring the beat back. Chad Belling back at you. Chad's an OG, but his call calling game ain't got nothing on me. Get him, boys. That's a duck. Hey, in this room, it's so hot in here, maybe I'll start to believe it myself. Welcome to the foul life. We merely exist in a duck's world. We train, breathe, and live by the migration. All of that goes into this crazy life of a duck hunter. We're steadfast, unwavering, the last of a breed. It is our right to hunt. I still believe it's a privilege, too. We are the foul life with Chad Belding. Proudly brought to you by Benelli, Bandit, Yukonuba, and Traeger. It's so foul, like birds and stuff. Chad Belding back at you. Another episode of the Foul Life Podcast, the Midwest series with our main man, Joel Clayfish, straight out of Wisconsin. Today, his guest is another fellow Wisconsinite from the unbelievable brand Vortex Optics, the director of marketing, Mark Boardman. I love Mark. I love staying in contact with Mark. I've hunted with Mark. I've hung out with Mark at trade shows, consumer shows. Great dude. Always happy. Always in a good mood. Always energetic and optimistic. His outlook on life and business in this industry and the outdoors and God's creation and family and friends and camouflage and ducks and geese and deer and turkeys. Amazing individual. I'm glad that he came on to the Midwest series and him and Joel kind of do a deep dive into preparing wild game, cooking, favorite recipes, the provider mentality, living off the land. But the wild game is the mainstay, hunting and fishing and providing that bounty for your friends and family in unorthodox, out-of-the-box, creative ways and styles. Joel is an unbelievable wild game cook, and this conversation dives into that and what some of their favorite recipes and ideologies of wild game cuisine and culinary is. Just now in New York, Joel came up there with me to Basswood Lodge, and we had some awesome Canada Goose Bisque and Canada Goose Dumplings. I'm not going to say any more. I'll let Joel talk about it when he comes back on the show. But these two recipes were out of sight, out of mind. They were unbelievable. We also hear Joel and Mark talk about a mallard hunt that we all shared in Wisconsin together on a foul life hunt. Cornfield, big wads of mallards, finishing in the mojos and the green headgear full body mallard decoys. It was one of those hunts that you just wait for all week. You scout your butt off, waiting on the migration and new mallards finally arrive. They also get into some new product coming from Vortex. Be on the look out for that. I'm talking the rangefinders, the optics, including the spotting scopes and the binoculars, all of their tripods, all of their lifestyle apparel. We love being partnered with Vortex Optics, the official optics of the Foul Life podcast, the Foul Life Midwest series podcast, and the Foul Life TV exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. We're going to be right back with Mark Boardman. Before that, we're going to pay some bills. We'll be right back with the Foul Life podcast Midwest series with Joel Clayfish and his special guest, Mark Boardman, director of marketing at Vortex Optics. Wisconsin's favorite son, Joel Clayfish and Vortex Optics' Mark Boardman will jumpstart this episode of the Foul Life Midwest Series, brought to you by Travel Wisconsin after the break. Stay tuned. I think lighting is everything. I don't like being in the dark. I don't even like secrets being told. That's kind of keeping you in the dark, isn't it? I don't like setting up decoys in the dark. I don't like looking for anything in the dark. Turn your headlights and drive down the street. Obviously, it's impossible. Lighting is everything. A well-lit room, a well-lit hunt. They make your decoys look better when that sun's shining on them. Mallards perform different, and we perform better and differently when we have our rigid light bars, all of the rigid lights on our trailer. When we can see what we are doing, setting up our blinds, concealing our blinds, setting up our spread, exact distance from a fence or a tree line that we want to be. When you can brighten up the night, brighten up those early mornings. I'm telling you, it makes your hunting success go way up. The odds are in your favor when you put Rigid on your trucks, in your bumpers, in your light bars. Check them out at rigidindustries.com. I can't say enough about their LED technology. It is the best. It's often imitated, but never duplicated. I know you've heard that before, but there is nothing like Rigid Lights. R-I-G-I-D. You'll find them on all of our Corning Ford Fords, all of our rigs, all of our trailers, on the noses, on the 
the sides, on the back door. When we turn on our lights on our trucks and trailers, we ignite the field and we ignite the hunt. And that's exactly what Rigid Industry does. It ignites our passion for the outdoors. The official LED light bar and lights of the Foul Life podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. See them in action right now, exclusively on the Outdoor Channel. Brand new episode, season 15 of Benelli's The Foul Life. Thank you so much, Rigid, and thank you all for supporting the brands and partners that support us. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and perform its best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a hard or soft cover, or accessories to customize your truck, Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. It's Battle Cheesehead this week on the Foul Life Midwest Series with Joel Clayfish as Joel and Mark Boardman, Director of Marketing for Vortex Optics, weigh the importance of finding value in every outdoor pursuit. And at the end of the day, if you don't end up with a dead deer, you've still had an awesome walk through the woods. Maybe you jumped a deer and you try to sort out, you're like, well, why did I jump that deer? Why did that deer get up? Oh, the wind was blowing the wrong way. Well, next time I really need to watch my wind. Or when you went through that walk through the woods, maybe you didn't see a darn thing, but maybe you saw a deer rub. Maybe you saw a trail. Maybe you noticed that, oh, well, which way does this trail run? Well, why is this trail running this way? Well, it's because the food is over here and there's a bunch of thick cover over there. Oh, I bet that deer is bedding in that thick cover and going to this food. You just start putting all those little puzzle pieces together and that's the beautiful part of it. I mean, that is the fun, is trying to put together this never-ending, unsolvable puzzle. The Foul Life Midwest Series with Joel Clayfish is brought to you by Travel Wisconsin, Yukonuba, Lethal Products, Deemer Box, and Rob Roberts Custom Gunworks. Now, Here's your brothers from different mothers, Joel Clayfish and Mark Boardman. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Foul Life Podcast Midwest Series. I'm your host, Joel Clayfish, broadcasting from the great state of Wisconsin. Man, I cannot say enough about it, and I cannot say enough about the Wisconsin company that is absolutely blowing up around the world only because they have the best products out there and that those products that product line crosses over every single angle dimension and type of hunting that exists mark boardman is joining us mark borden you're one of the higher ups in the marketing department you are on the vortex podcast you're a host of the podcast and you are also one of Chad's good buddies when he comes into town. And I also think you're a really good luck charm because I got to tell you the last time the foul life entire crew came to Wisconsin, we were, we had a couple days we were struggling in the field and all of a sudden we take a tour of vortex, which is incredibly impressive. I'm talking customer service, you know, repairs, new products, lines, product testings, the stuff you guys do for police and law enforcement is incredibly impressive. You've got in-house, you know, shooting ranges. You can shoot outside. There is the ability to test all your products right on site. It's unbelievable. Vortex really has become a massive part of Every aspect of the hunting industry. I'm a waterfall guy. I'm a turkey hunting guy. I've got Vortex on my shotguns when I'm turkey hunting. I've got Vortex binoculars around my neck when I'm goose and duck hunting. I mean, this product and the quality of the product for the price points, insane. Mark Boardman, you were our good luck charm last time we were here because we dragged you. You literally didn't even know if you could hunt. You got out of work, came on an afternoon hunt with us, and we absolutely crushed the Mallards feet down, beat down style. Oh, Joel, I mean, it, it was an incredible day from the word go. It was so awesome having you guys come out and visit. Uh, thank you for the more than kind intro uh, as well. I'm I'm a mere cog in the marketing wheel at <laughs> Vortex Optics. but Aren't we all? Uh, Aren't we all just mere cogs? But that day was absolutely surreal. Like, like we said, awesome having you guys visit, show you around. We go out for actually what was going to be, you know, we we're going to field hunt geese. We were going to goose hunt. It quickly turned into a field shoot for mallards. And it was the just the most action, like you said, feet down, in your face. I mean, we limited on basically all green heads. I think we shot one black duck actually, which was super cool. And uh I don't even know if there was a Susie in the bunch. I don't I think, think there was. 
they were so close you could so easily identify them, which is absolutely part of a really cool hunt. When they're that in your face, you're picking them out, you're aiming for a single bird. And I just got a big kick out of it because I love word plays. And we had vortex of ducks in our face 24/7 that day. You could there's really not a better way to describe it and it was it was off. I mean it was for sure the best mallard shoot that I've ever been in on. And I was like, man, these guys are good. And you guys are good. Like the minor little tweaks. Like you guys, like we had some birds that came in and they didn't They didn't sit center right. up. They didn't and, center uh, up. Man, but you guys like made just the most minute tweaks to the set. And then boom, they came in feet down in our face. And we just like absolutely cleaned up. It was so cool. And then, you know, we come back. Chase Rice is in town. Chad's here. You've got like an incredible spread of food going on. Chase sang a few songs. Your One of your delightful daughters sang. I was like. This like what strange world what have is, I stepped into? <laughs> what is going on here? It it was like a surreal day and a surreal experience. I mean, first of all, my eyes were popping out of my head at Vortex to see the inner workings of an international worldwide company of products that I literally have used for years before I ever met you, before I was ever part of the Foul Life, before I ever did Midwest podcast, before Chad and I even worked together. He's in town. We go to her Vortex, which is phenomenal. You come to a field hunt and it was one of those things where it was like, we show up at the field and we see tornadoes of geese right? Or, or, or ducks, I should say. We set up the spinners and we've got the mojos out there. And I remember, I don't remember if it was Chad or Bubba who suggested we got to pull one of those spinners off to the left and then these ducks are going to center up. That was it. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Everybody got to shoot 10 and 2, shoot their zones, pick out specific green heads and dump them. And I think we made, did we make like mallard duck stir fry that night or something phenomenal i think i think we did that you made some amazing stuff with some geese that you guys had shot earlier in the week it was like if you were like oh man what's the perfect day i mean that's one of them i'm with you brother it was so fantastic and i have to admit obviously food is something extremely important to me and getting and and i'll be i'm gonna be honest you know my wife had cancer at age 35 right? She had colon cancer at age 35. We eat organic. The only meat in our freezer outside of, you know, some cold cuts for, for lunch once in a while. Uh, the only meat we eat is what we harvest. And, you know, people see that I kill a, a lot of geese and ducks and think, oh yeah, you know, how does he have under his limb? We eat it every day. Yeah. I would say nine out of 10 days, we have the meat goes into a recipe and never hits the freezer. It never hits the freezer with the provider rubs and spices and everything like that makes it so easy. The provider cookbook makes it so easy. And the food to me, the eating part of it to me is as important as the hunt. And I think that that's also something that's incredibly important because if you're out there just for the kill, you're not out for the right reason. If you're out there to harvest and killing's part of it, and and I'm not saying it shouldn't be enjoyable. It is. It's very enjoyable to do that. It's fun. You laugh. We all come back with sore guts from laughing as hard as we laugh. Oh, I know. And getting that food on the table after that is really a fantastic experience. And to have you along and to make friends, it's like you become instant friends with people you meet and, and waterfowl hunt with. 100%. 100%. I mean, I think hunters in general, you just have an instant understanding of that person. You, you you know who they are. You know what they're about. You have an instant bond with that person. Just, I think there's, yeah, you might get that like, oh, you like to golf. I like to golf. You definitely have something in common, but I, I think it's it's greater than that with hunting and, and fishing. I, I just think it's bigger than that. And like you said, I mean, the food component just truly closes the loop on the experience and people say like oh it's not about the kill it's not about the experience it's, it's about the experience the kill is definitely part of the experience no doubt and about I, it and i think it you know that closes the loop too right like, you know the the kill is like it's like the period at the end of a sentence right it's like you can have the sentence which is the hunt and it's very complete and very full and there's a lot going on there but the kill is that period at the end of the sentence. And I guess, you know, the food might be, uh, you know, add an exclamation point to it because it just adds The food's to the epilogue. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, you just, you're so, it's so fulfilling. You're proud of that meal. Like you said, it's organic. You know where it came from. 
Like I am more proud of the meals that I share with other people because I'm more connected oh, to that meal. I'll tell you what, man, I'm second generation American from Italy. So I understand I derive happiness, joy, fulfillment out of feeding people. I love it. My daughters and wife say I, they'll watch me watch someone else take their first bite of something. And I literally am motioning with my own mouth, taking the bite with them. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes it's goofy yes it's crazy but you're the like the black lab is, sitting by the table yes i literally for me watching someone eat something i've cooked especially if they're not a game eater mm -hmm. especially if they're uh not that oh, i don't like goose i don't like duck watching them eat it and look back at me and say oh my gosh that mm -hmm. was unbelievable there are so few things more satisfying than that and being out in the field with people, there is an understanding among people, an unspoken understanding. When you go to a field and you are taking advantage of a natural resource that is a renewable resource mm -hmm. and making sure you're doing it within the, the parameters of keeping healthy populations, there is an understanding of people who do that because they look at life from a different level. There is a very, very, very different attitude of going to the store and buying a package of meat in its plastic versus harvesting the meat by your own hand. Not only do you understand that your your actions are having the consequence of taking a life of mm -hmm. an animal. Part of the consequence of that makes the enjoyment and the experience of turning that into a meal, in, it makes you appreciate it more, makes you understand it more, makes you realize that this is something God put on earth for you to nourish yourself with that you just don't get when you buy a package of meat. Your connection to it really brings home the fact that yes this was a living creature right you know and i and i th i think like you said you understand that way way better yeah i was in the grocery store and, and we buy i mean we buy meat from the grocery store as well um you know i'm not gonna sit here and say you know i mean heck when i'm no, on a, i'm not a I, purist either right you know i go on a road trip i mean i'm eating burgers at the burger joint i right? love me some hard salami brother but, but i do know where it came from and i was in the grocery store the other day and i was watching people shop around and you look down you know you're in the meat aisle and there is like a lot of meat you got chickens turkeys you know steaks this aisle that you know and there's a ton of dead critters there and i really i started to think to myself i'm like how many people who are in this grocery store shopping right now putting things these things in their cart which is not bad i'm, I'm not against it i'm totally not for at it. all the farmers of but america help feed this country 100 percent, man it is it is a necessity and like you said god bless them but I, I was thinking to myself, I wonder how many of these people are putting any sort of thought into like what it took, which included, you know, the life of a critter to put that chicken in. in. I don't know. I just like I'm beating it in the ground here. I just hunters have a have a bigger understanding of, you know, that. I think that the bottom line is a lot of people who go to McDonald's and grab a hamburger don't realize that that was born a cow slaughtered and turned into their hamburger the um the fact that at one time too had a face is lost yeah it really is and so when people you know i've been out with new hunters uh, i love taking new hunters talk about it all the time but that look on someone's face i've seen somebody kill their first animal and just burst into tears just just absolutely, absolutely overwhelmed with emotion they're not sad they're not, there's, it's not a sadness. It's an overwhelming brand new understanding of what it takes to take something from the field to the table. Mm -hmm. And it happens in that one second pull of the trigger, you know, and I think that that's a good thing. I think everybody should experience that. 100%, 100%. I think also you see that when a person, you know, maybe hasn't had an experience like that in their life. And I truly believe you're unlocking or they're unlocking something that has always been there, but they maybe haven't tapped into it yet. And it's, um, yeah, it's like super overwhelming. Why wouldn't it be? Like, it's a big deal. That's a big experience. And there's a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings going on, but it's, it's really cool. And I'd say more often than not, that same person is like, holy mackerel, like, what have I been missing? Like, I need to make up for lost time. I tell you, man, I started hunting late in life and 
I can't say I regret it because you can never punish yourself by regretting something you weren't exposed to, right? Right. But that has to be one of the most fulfilling things about your job and who you work for that you see the gamut of people. And, you know, Vortex didn't start out as a hunting optics company. It started out, you know, with people who bird watched mostly, right? Am I remembering that correctly? I mean, so yeah, we have we have a strong, you know, birding background. So I mean, it's like how 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 much time you got, buddy? As far as the story of Vortex, it's a pretty storied history. But it's a family owned company. Uh, Dan and Margie Hamilton started the company at one time. Uh, Dan was in the military. He uh, got out. He became, he was a dentist, decided he didn't want to be a dentist. He and Margie uh, bought into a Wild Birds Unlimited, so like a, a franchise store, had that birding store forever, sold bird seed, bird feeders, uh, things of that nature. Realized very quickly that optics were a key component to birding. So, you know, they started selling other people's optics and, uh, there's some there's some cool stuff there too. Like Dan was a hard charger, you know. He had no quit, and uh, you know, at, initially some of the optics companies that he wanted to carry and sell wouldn't sell to him because he wasn't big enough. So he would actually go purchase optics from other retailers, mark it up one dollar, and sell it in a store. And he sold enough optics, and he started selling, showing these, you know, like a, you know maybe like a factory rep or something like that, like. I'm selling optics. And so they basically had no choice. They had to open them up as a dealer. And so that's, that's how he kind of cracked into that. And eventually they started their own brand of optics uh, for the wild birds and the uh, franchise. They sold that store. They started a company called Eagle optics, which, which again, it kind of specialized in that birding market. But then, you know, then, then they were just a strictly optics retailer and vortex was born out of Eagle optics. And that was a desire from, you know, Dan and the sons who had like hunting and tactical backgrounds and interest in those things to start, you know, uh, an optics company to cater to those markets. And you know, what's crazy to me very often anti-hunters, they will, because you're talking about two kind of very different aspects and reasons to use optics, bird watching and hunting. Sure. So one is to observe nature, purely observe it. One is to observe it to kill it and harvest it, right? And I'd say participate. And right? participate, right. No question about it. Because, I mean, there's a ton of optics used in hunting that does not result in a kill. I right. mean, a ton of glassing, you know, w- w- watching animals from afar. But what blows my mind is often the criticism that comes to hunters by those who don't participate in hunting Oh, you just want to kill animals. I think so often hunters get a bad name when in reality, hunters love animals. Mm-hmm. We're the number one group proliferating healthy species of animals. I mean, how many hunters have dogs and pets and birds and cats? We love animals. Mm-hmm. We want to see healthy populations of animals. And hunting in the United States is all about maintaining healthy populations of animals. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, you know, as a hunter, you're participating in, you know, the lives of, of wildlife at a level that just like, other, I'd say, you know, whatever user groups or activities, like just you're not necessarily doing it at that level. Um, I think you have a greater appreciation. I think you have a greater understanding. I'm just going to say it. But on the flip side, it's not because you're just simply bloodthirsty. I mean, here's an example. So I was getting ready to drive over here tonight, Joel, and there was a toad in my driveway behind my truck. So instead of just like getting in my car and like being like, well, I'm just going to back up if he gets out of the way. No, like I went and I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Yep, you know, get out of the way, get out of the way, is that and, and I just it is, yeah, okay. you know, and yeah. I, 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 I'm gonna I, look for the yipping toads I, from now on. <laughs> I scoot, I scooted him out of the way, you know, like I don't want to kill that toad. I like that toad, right? He's, Bro, he's I have a good literally dude. moved spiders, which I cannot stand, out of my house. I do the same the outside. thing. I just think that gets lost sometimes. I think, you know, one of the coolest aspects of your job is that. It runs the gamut. It's where the right meets the left very often. Sure. And we are finally seeing, you know, in this country, more of an understanding of the right meeting the left. We're seeing more 
organic emphasis on organic eating mm-hmm. and some of the folks who may have opposed hunting before are now buying stick bows or buying recurves or participating in hunting because they want to feed their families organic field to table food you may look at restaurants are popping up all over the place field to table and there's just as many you know folks in those restaurants from the far left as there are from the far right now because we're finally getting to that place where we have an understanding that harvesting food thank god we're past the whole vegetarian era that was just ridiculous but i think i think people you know we we live in a keto-based society we've learned how healthy protein is for us now and guess what animal fat's okay too yeah so what we've seen is that people are now saying on all over the place okay vegetarianism's kind of you're not getting what your body needs out of it so we're coming back to eating meat and i think even in the areas where there was criticism about harvesting of meat by hunters, now there's more of an understanding about that across the spectrum. For sure, for sure. And uh, I mean, like, where else can, you know, people from all walks of life, like, meet in the middle? Like, uh, no pun intended there, but with food, right? Like, what, Oh, man, you what, hit it on what, the head. What brings us together? Food. It's like, you know, around the holidays, what's the focus? It's food, togetherness, being, and, and uh, you know, what better way to do it than, you know, natural, sustainable, organic protein. And they say, you know, the best way to a man's uh, heart is through his stomach. I'm going to say the best way to people's hearts are through their stomach. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. Now, I'll be honest. Not all wild game tastes good to everybody. It does. But now if you can't pick up a book or mix some spices or buy some spices that are going to help you turn that food into delicious food, well, then you're just not trying enough because now with the internet, with new wild game recipes, with different ways to cook it, with instant pots and crock pots, with Traeger grills, you have no reason not to make wild game taste like the finest table fare from the most expensive restaurant yeah and you know and a lot of wild game is leaner right so you have to uh you might want to cook a a duck breast rarer than you might normally uh cook something else Uh, or wrap it in bacon because then you're adding a fat to it and that helps hey that's never going to hurt anything right (laughs) or you you know you might cook never hurts you you might cook uh you know a bear roast different than you would a deer backstrap right but it's it's all learning process like you said and there's so many great resources whether it's a provider cookbook or the internet or something like that there's so much information out there we're so fortunate these days to have just this wealth of knowledge at our fingertips and uh you know a lot of wild game gets a bad rap i'd say uh certainly don't knock it till you tried it i mean some of my favorite things i feel like are the things i have like bear meat people are like oh that's greasy don't eat that no bear meat's actually delicious oh oh antelope nope you don't want to eat an animal um, actually that's another one of my favorite things oh a, a duck oh that's gamey you don't want to eat a duck well, nope, actually a duck is like a darn good steak. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like goose. I, I cannot tell you how many people say the goose meat is the worst they've ever had. And then they'll eat one of my goose burritos or a wild goose pot pie and say, wait a minute, mm-hmm. wait just a minute. Mm-hmm. This tastes like the finest shredded beef I've ever eaten in my life. I think there's lots negative to say about social media and the internet. One of the positives about it is if you want to try something, it's at your fingertips. Now you don't have to go to the library and look it up. You don't have to take a book. You don't have to find some random television show. It's all right there. It's so easy to start a new hobby. I don't care if you're a hunter or not. If you try wild game cooking and you try it a few times, you're going to find something that's delicious that you like. Totally. I mean, you think about like even in our lifetimes, like, being able to watch just like this technology <laughs> change the way we get information. I mean, for goodness sakes, you know, when I was a kid, I'd been going to, like you said, going to the library, like using the Dewey Decimal System to, you know, sort out what book I need to yeah, figure that guy out was crazy whatever topic. Yeah, because I still don't know how that works. Yeah. I, Dewey did not set it up easily. <laughs> <laughs> he's out of his mind but uh yeah it's uh we're there's say what you want about some of those things but we're at a really cool time now as well yeah no doubt about it what does vortex see as far as i mean because you're in the marketing department you're like on the cutting edge of what is changing about the modern hunter what are you seeing 
as far as who is the new hunter, who is the seasoned hunter, how is the seasoned hunter changing? But what are you seeing to stay on the edge of that as far as people coming to Vortex because they're new to hunting? What are you seeing? So, I mean... We're seeing a lot of people that you just talked about from, you know, broad user groups. Maybe you were, maybe you were, I was going to say just a hiker. I, I, I don't mean it that way, but maybe you're like, it's oh, okay to I say like, that because I, like to I don't understand hiking. <laughs> if I don't have a, a, a shotgun or a rifle in my hand, I don't see the use of hiking. But yes, so it's okay to say just a hiker. I have, I have a difficult time getting to the top of the mountain if there's not something to chase or a lake to fish. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should not, maybe, maybe I should there's respect even People even more like spring to drink from. Give me a reason to hike. But that's, uh, you know, the kayaking is the same for me, man. You couldn't pay me enough to sit in one of those in a little hole in a sideways banana and go down. I can't figure out <laughs> kayaking to save my life. But people hunt from them, fish from them. But <laughs> yeah, you throw a shotgun and all of a sudden, oh, now, no, that oh, does maybe sense. I would get in a kayak yeah. if I was duck hunting. And a lot of people use them for that. So you're saying you're seeing kind of a diversification of the new purchaser, the new client? Yeah. And I mean, food, like we just talked about is, is the driver there, right? Like really, like we just talked about, you know, food, people, not they, recreation as much as food or a new form of entertainment. And I'm sure COVID changed things, but so f- I can't tell you how excited I, I, I stopped you there because I'm excited mm-hmm. to hear that food is a motivator uh, for people who are literally purchasing Vortex products. Yeah. I mean, I, it's almost, um, you know, what you, you, you might assume like the reverse would be like, oh, I want to do this because it's exciting or it's fun. It's a new, new hobby. Um, and I, I think it is, it's that food component. It's, it's wanting to know where your food comes from. It's wanting to eat organic. Um, it's wanting to, uh, you know, be more connected to the land. I think once people go and they get to experience the hunt and everything that it entails, you know, their mind is blown and like, wow, not only do I get to have this amazing meal, uh, that I procured myself that I'm incredibly proud of. It's like I made connections with other human beings. I made a friend. Uh, I got to see the sunrise. I got to see, you know, like, yeah, maybe I was waterfowling, but I got to see a deer walk across uh, the marsh and, you know, blow steam out of its nose in, in the sunrise. Um, and I think once that happens, it's like difficult not to be hooked for sure. There, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Everything you're describing, I, I literally get heartbroken when I talk to somebody who has not experienced it. That is why I drag so many people into the woods for their first experience on a hunt, uh, because that revelation by them is awe-inspiring. You almost, maybe this is the way to say it, not the way to say it, like, but I feel bad for people who don't hunt and fish because I do because you I feel it's like not the, it is the right way to say it I feel bad for them they're missing out there I feel like they're living a life unfulfilled and like we talked about they're not tapping into like this entire world this entire natural world that's out there and these you know innately human experiences are you know like just kind of like a void and I, th- I think it's a void that needs to be filled for a lot of people. And I think they'd be better for it. How much crossover are you seeing as a person? I mean, this is why I I love having you on this podcast because you literally work for the marketing department of a company that covers the usage of people from bird watching to landing model airplanes to hunting to fishing to hiking kayaking, rock climbing, camping, recreational, business, you're covering it all. How much crossover are you seeing now in the hunting world from waterfowl to big game, vice versa, turkey hunting to waterfowl to big game to small game compared to what it was? Again, I think so a lot, I'd say a lot. I th- I think people more are, than it used to be. I, I I would have to think so. I mean, I think 
people are really broadening their hunting horizons. Um, like maybe like, oh, I grew up and I was uh, a white-tailed deer hunter. But like we talked about with the internet, with like all the amazing content that's out there that, you know, like people that like Chad uh, and, and you are producing, um, all these amazing content creators, people are getting to see and experience through other people like different types of hunts whether that's a hunt in alaska or that's a a spring bear hunt oh i never thought about spring bear hunting boy that looks really exciting boy that's a really crazy backpack adventure hunt maybe i want to try that and i think it's honestly the content that's lighting the fire and and exposing people to it maybe the first time through that uh, and they're using their prior hunting experience and what they learn on the internet or through listening to podcasts. And they're like, yep, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go on my first Western hunt. I'm going to go on an antelope hunt, you know, and then maybe I'm going to go on, on a mule deer hunt. Oh, then I'm going to go try an elk hunt. I think just the information, the knowledge, uh, digital mapping software. I mean, before, uh, you know, uh, online hunting regulations, all these great resources where you can learn about other states like this used to be like, you know, hidden information that you really had to know how to yes. get. And now it's that you had to have someone pass it on to you mm-hmm. personally. And that's why I didn't hunt most of my life. I didn't have someone to take me hunting. And it was through, you know, God putting things in front of me. I literally believe in that. I mm-hmm. literally believe divine intervention is the reason I hunt. But it was a, a time in my life when I decided to quit drinking. And hunting became my passion, my drug. And for me, it was a parabola that went straight up. I went from not knowing how to hunt to hunting myself. The first time I ever hunted, I put, you know, a ring of goose decoys around me and laid in the middle of them with a ghillie suit. And I killed a goose. I mean, I I worked, you know, but now you have no excuse. Nobody ever sits on their deathbed and says, I'm glad I didn't do it. No. And you have no excuse anymore. And so for the people who say my life is boring or oh, I'm not going to, you know what? I'm going to watch TV tonight or I'm going to sit on TikTok tonight. That is your You are writing the story of your own destiny. Get off your ass and get in the woods because now there's no excuse not to. There's no excuse. I mean, and there is, I mean, there's a lot to learn. There's a lot of nuance. But that learning process and making those mistakes. That's half the I'm, fun uh, of it. It's half the fun. I mean, my goodness, like I learned, I've learned, you know, I've hunted my whole life. I've learned so much even in the last two years. Like I think about like even where I was like personal growth as a hunter, like five years ago versus today. I'm like monumentally better. And I'm still, I consume tons of hunting podcasts. Like I said, I've been hunting since I was seven years old. Like, dude, I'm crushing it. You're not only living it, it's your life at work too. Certainly. It's your life 24 seven. Oh man, your poor wife. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting through it. She's getting through it. But, um, you know, one thing that you, that you brought up, Joel, you're like, well, how are you, you know, how are you, you know, talking to these customers or how you're reaching them? I mean, one of the thing that we do, and, and I'm luck, lucky to be a part of it at Vortex is through content. And we do a lot of educational type content, you know, and everything from, you know, 100 level stuff to 400 level stuff. We do it on the podcast. We do it with uh, emails, blogs, videos. Um, and, you know, really, I mean, a lot of it, does multiple things, you know, it's going to entertain somebody, it's going to educate somebody, it's going to inspire them. Some, some are maybe more educational, some are more inspirational, and some are a lot of all three. But we get to reach a lot of customers with our content and pass along information from great people that we get to talk to. Are and people more adventuresome than they used to be? I think so. And I think, I think that's a function of information. And I think that's a function of where our equipment is at today. And you talked about something earlier that struck me. You you talked about like, there's a learning curve. There's a huge learning curve. You know, it's, you can't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to goose hunt today. I'm going to duck hunt today. You need a blind of some sort. You need decoys. I mean, look, do you need? No, you can probably sit by a pond and over time, eventually, you're going to have a chance to shoot a duck. Mm-hmm. But you need a, a shotgun. You need ammunition. You need the right tags to go out there and do it. But I think even though you don't have those things, I think now seeing other people do it gives people the ambition to say, 
what's the worst thing I can do? I'm going to go deer hunting. I don't know much about it. I've watched a few things. I can even do this still hunting through the woods, walk slowly through the woods. And at the end of the day, if you don't end up with a dead deer, you've still had an awesome walk through the woods. Well, you had an awesome walk through the woods. Maybe you jumped a deer and you try to uh, sort out. You're like, well, why did I jump that deer? Why did that deer get up? Oh, the wind was blowing the wrong way. Well, next time I really need to watch my wind. Or when you went through that walk through the woods, maybe you didn't see a darn thing, but maybe you saw a deer rub. Maybe you saw a trail. Maybe you noticed that, no, well, which way does this trail run? Well, why is this trail running this way? Well, it's because the food is over here and there's a bunch of thick cover over there. Oh, I bet that deer is bedding in that thick cover and going to this food. You just start putting all those little puzzle pieces together. And that's the beautiful part of it. I mean, that is the fun is trying to put together this never ending unsolvable puzzle. That is so true. And also, you know, something that I truly believe I've been, I waterfowl hunt a lot three to five times a week, probably. That's a lot, right? That's a lot. I, I think we do. We probably really should address um, the way you're dressed right now. Uh, I'll, de- I'll describe it for the listeners. Uh, we got full camo. We still have our rubber boots on. Call lanyard, fully intact. Lots of lots of bands on there, by the way. That's a good look. Thank you. And uh, I love it though, man, because you are living it. It's like, boom, you went out you know, waterfowling today. And now here we are. I got here and I didn't have time to change before we started the podcast. And I thought, you know what? (laughs) It'll keep me in the mood to talk (laughs) about waterfowling. You know what I did tonight? I killed uh, my goose limit this morning. And so I took out four friends tonight, did left the gun at home, just went out with them to one of the fields I have permission on, took out four friends just to have them have a hunt, just to say, thanks for inviting me on hunts. I appreciate what you guys do in my life. You know, we had an incredible hunt. Uh, one of the women who was along shot two bands tonight. Oh my god! Before the other guys showed up, her first two shots dropped two bands from Ontario, Canada. You were kidding me no it was incredible absolutely incredible and she said you know and this is how cool she came back she went out and she picked up those two birds and i knew when they were coming in they were all banded and she came back and she was carrying them and she had tears streaming down her face guaranteed overwhelming to her she never had a moment like that you do not have those moments on the couch with the television on it's impossible. It's impossible. And the the only way you have them is to get out there. So I, I think part of our job too is to encourage people to dig inside of themselves and find that adventuresome part of them. Because if you do not, you will wonder. And if you do find it, and I don't care if that adventuresome part of yourself is playing chess, I don't care. Give the outdoor resources in Wisconsin a chance. And that is one of the reasons I'm so excited. I'm so beyond excited. We partnered with the Department of Tourism and Travel Wisconsin. We're partners with Vortex, uh, you know, a Wisconsin based company. We are going to literally get to be the people who show the rest of the world why this is such a hidden gem. And I know we don't take that responsibility lightly. Showing people that Wisconsin is a place not only to recreate, but to visit, to harvest wild game, to utilize the natural resources. That's a part of it. And then on top of it, some of the kindest people in the world live here with some of the most diverse culinary aspects of any state in the nation. The, some of the best hunting and fishing and hiking and mountain uh, rock climbing in the nation exists right here. And we get to showcase it for Travel Wisconsin. And I know Vortex is going to be a part of that. And I'm so jacked about that. Oh, man, we are too. I mean, it uh, Wisconsin is... Uh, a phenomenal outdoor state. I mean, we have fantastic deer hunting, fantastic turkey hunting, great waterfowling, phenomenal uh, warm water fisheries. We have some salmon fishing too in the Great Lakes. I mean, my goodness, we're bordered by two of the Great Lakes. This is a cool spot, man. This is a cool spot. Like you said, lots of you know, great rock climbing. There's ice climbing in the state, which I've never done. I've never rock climbed either. Not a, not a big heights guy, Joel. I'm not a big heights guy either. I, you can have that rock climbing and, and ice pick climbing too. No thanks. I will stay on the ground and I will get 
nature. One of the biggest joys and excitements about hunting is fooling mother nature, right? That's what you're doing. Oh yeah. That's what a decoy is. A decoy is to fool mother nature. And if you can, cause trust me when I tell you, when you hunt, mother nature gets it back more often than not. But every once in a while you fool mother nature and the satisfaction of that is overwhelming. It is. It is. And then the next time you go out, you try the same thing and it doesn't work. <laughs> no doubt about it. But that time that it works, man, that is exciting. And what's crazy to me is that some people look at the foul life and they look at Vortex and say, Vortex is a scope company. You know, I've heard that. Yeah, they make scopes. Well, yes, you make scopes, you make uh, red dot sites, you make binoculars, you make just about everything for optics, literally everything for optics that can be made. And people don't right away see the connection with waterfowl hunting, which is just crazy to me as a waterfowler, because you know what's more important than the actual day you try to kill things? The scout. Yep. And I could not successfully scout one day. I've driven 20 minutes to fields and 20 minutes back to my house to grab my vortex binoculars because I'm not going to know how those geese are in a field or where those ducks are in a field over a swale that I cannot see with the naked eye. It's incredibly important in waterfowl hunting. I mean, binoculars are so integral to my outdoor experience. Like if I forgot my binoculars at home if, if, and I went deer hunting, like, I don't know. I think it brought, it'd be the equivalent of somebody forgetting their cell phone today. Like it would bug you. Right. Yeah. No, I feel- and I would go to look at things. I'd be like, Oh, dang it. Like it, they will enhance your, I don't care nearly any outdoor experience, particularly hunting, birding, you know, observation type things. It will ha- enhance your outdoor experience to, like 10 next levels. I was talking with Remy Warren the other day and we we're talking, I think we we're talking about elk hunting on the podcast and he put it perfectly. He said, why would you not use a superpower? You have the ability to have like superhuman vision and you're not going to use it. Right. I feel absolutely naked if I don't have my binoculars with me when I'm scouting. And that's not something anybody needs to envision. Let me tell you that. (laughs) It gives you such an advantage because one of the things Chad and I talked about on a podcast is just because you see waterfowl in a field does not mean that's where the waterfowl landed. Mm-hmm. Very often they will land, you know, they're going to land into the wind usually. Now I've seen them so far, even this season land kind of with the wind, if it's not a strong wind, Interesting. but they don't love to land downhill. They like to land either uphill or on a flat surface. When you have those binoculars, you can literally pick out the direction they're feeding in and you can say, now, wait, I'm seeing them at this time, but they may have landed somewhere else and walked and fed in this direction. Then you got to mix in the fact that is there still feed on the field that they're into? You know, they're picking up the wheat or the corn that's left over from the farmer. That's what they're eating. You can really give yourself an advantage when it comes to the day of the actual kill or the actual hunt by scouting ahead of time and learning nuances that optics are going to give you an advantage doing. There's no doubt about it. Oh, for sure. You know, and you talk, you brought up like a huge point in that observation and that learning, right? You're able to set back, but also have a front row seat. So you're looking at whether it's ducks, deer, elk, whatever, mule deer, you're getting to observe up close and personal, what that animal is doing, how they're doing it, why they're doing it, what time of day, like you said, you can evaluate all those, you know, just subtle nuanced things without disturbing that animal. So you're getting to watch them do their thing, you know, unbeknownst to them, right? And get uh, get a clear picture of how it lives its life and then how you can hopefully hunt it better or make that stock or, uh, you know, decide what your next move is going to be. Speaking of new, what is Vortex working on right now? Because every time I turn a corner and I mean, I have... There's things that I've always wanted to say. like Vortex was the company that broke the quality product versus price 
component barrier. It used to be if, you know, if you wanted to buy a Leopold uh, binoculars or spotting scope, or if you, if you wanted to buy Swarovski, then you're paying through the nose for a product. But the other options on the less expensive end were junk. I mean, you'd buy them, they'd break real quickly, or you just couldn't see them. You couldn't get both eyes to focus at the same time. All of a sudden comes this company that's going to allow you a price point to afford and still be a high enough quality product that it's going to be reliable. It's going to give you fantastic clarity. So that kind of was a threshold that hadn't been breached and it was breached by a Wisconsin company. And a lot of times I think to myself, is Vortex crazy for selling some of the stuff? And then if, if you'll hit a sale that Vortex does, you'll get some products that are incredibly high end for just an unbelievably reasonable price. So that I, I say to myself, are they crazy for doing that? Or is that just kind of, where's the bait and switch? Or all of a sudden these products going to become unattainably expensive? How did they figure that out in order to have something that is at a price point for Joe Sixpack to go out there and purchase and use. What you just described is is really part of our ethos. I mean, we are a customer-focused company. The, the, the end customer uh, is at the center of everything we do. And part of that is providing a high-quality product at a really good price. So if a person has a thousand dollars to spend on a binocular, by golly, we, we want that to be the best binocular they can get for a thousand dollars. If they have two hundred and fifty dollars to spend on a binocular, we want them to get the best binocular that they can get for two hundred fifty dollars. Um, and I think another thing that we've done a good job at, or at least we we really work hard at is providing uh, different tiers of price and quality, like everything from what I consider, you know, our entry point all the way uh, up to optics that compete at that true top tier alpha class performance level. And in some cases are, in my opinion, the best optic for that application. Um, like you said, we've got uh, optics geared towards long range precision shooting. We've got red dot sights. We've got binoculars. We've got spotting scopes, range finding binoculars, range finders. Ballistic range finding binoculars, uh, ballistic equipped range finders, which we might talk about one of those here in a little bit. That's one of our new products. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, just that, that's our goal is we want to provide that product at, at a price that's, uh, attainable and, and within reach. You know, being in the marketing department of a massive company like Vortex, your job very often is to see the future. That's what people in marketing, that's what their job is, to see a future trend and get to be- And with good optics, you can do that, Joel. (laughs) You can see. Now, you come out with a binocular that you can see into the future. I'm telling you what, I want to be first in line for that. You have to see into the future. That's literally your job to predict what is going to happen with markets, with hunters, uh, with new hunters, with uh, birders, people who, you know, I've got three pairs of Vortex binoculars in my house right now. Well, two pairs in my house, one in my car. I got one in the scouting car. I've got one that's packed and ready to go in a go bag for any trip I'm going to take. That's my highest end Vortex. And I've got one on the windowsill in my kitchen because my wife likes to look at whatever birds are landing in my backyard and I'll be like the white birds are back you know we get white egrets in the back and that sends her to then I know she's in a good mood all day so those binoculars are literally guaranteeing <laughs> me a better day and it's because I can afford to have three pairs of them that I don't want to have to remember to take them with me where it, what is the future of the hunter? What are, what is the dynamic of the person who is becoming the waterfall hunter, the big game hunter? And what products are going to match that in the future? You know, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to, um, number one, you're, you're talking about like, how do you, how do you look into the future there? And I, I think part of that is at Vortex, you know, we as a company are chock full of end users, right? Whether that's, uh, you know, big game hunters, waterfowlers, uh, precision rifle competitive shooters, three gun shooters, uh, bird watching. Uh, I mean, it runs the gamut, but we are fortunate to have a building full of passionate end users 
experts, true experts. I mean, we've got, we've got folks at Vortex that, I mean, they're just amazing, amazing experts in these different. They're filled with life experiences. Fil- is what filled with me. life experiences. So I think we do a good job because we just naturally have our finger on the pulse of these different activities and user groups that um, it allows us to, you know, try and make the best decision possible as far as, you know, products, product features, things like that. Um, And, uh, you know, hopefully providing products that fit the needs of all these different users. And so what are some of the things we can expect from Vortex? It's funny, the product development team, I I was just sat in on a meeting today on on a couple different things. We've always got, you know, new ideas, stuff coming down the pike, some recent things that have hit the market. Uh, We just uh, recently launched our new Razer HD uh, 13 to 39 by 56 spotting scope. So it's a lightweight, compact, uh, just optically off the chart spotting scope. We call it the baby razor. Uh, and it's just a phenomenal, phenomenal optic. You know, backpack hunting is incredibly popular now. People are always looking to wait, uh, looking for ways to shave weight, to shave, you know, just the space in their pack. And that is a product that definitely outperforms and outpunches its price point. It's still a chunk of change. I mean, it retails for, you know, $999. Uh, but for what you're getting, again, it's just an incredible value, incredible performance. A spotting scope does you no good if you're leaving it at the truck and you really don't have an excuse to leave it at the truck anymore with that one. I think it's coming in at like 28 ounces. That's about the same wow. as like, you know, like a, a full size binocular, right? So, but just the. You um, could scout, you could scout a goose field from a mile away. Guaranteed. Like the performance <laughs> that you get, it, it's deceiving what you can do with that spotting scope. I, I would encourage anybody who's looking at getting a new spotter or looking for a new spotter to, you know, complement their current suite of optics. Take a look at that one. Cause it, I mean, it, it's, it's a bright spot for sure. And I think one of the coolest things is that when you talk about line of sight and how far you can see and how clear you can see that far, that is an area that. Anytime it improves, anytime the technology improves in that area, it makes you better as a hunter. And it goes back to you saying, you know, it's, it's a superpower. It really is. And if you're not using that superpower, you're not doing it the best you can because no. you can't, when I've got a quality optic with me, literally scouting a field, I can tell things about those animals from a distance that's not going to spook them and set up in my mind because, you know, every waterfowl hunts different Mm -hmm. and there is a massive and we overthink the ducks and geese by a million miles. You know, Chad says it's a duck's world. We're just living in it. And (laughs) that is a fact. (laughs) But the more you can learn about any species you're going to pursue, the better you're going to be at it. I mean, that's just hands down 100% correct. You know, and I just talked about an optic that cost $1,000 on the opposite end of the spectrum. We just introduced a $99 binocular. It's our Triumph HD 10 by 42. And I'll tell you, Joel, when when the product development team was like, you know, we really want to come out with a $99 binocular price point. That's not a spot that we're hitting. And I think that's a market that we could tap into. That's like two burgers and a shake at McDonald's these days. Exactly. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was like... Guys, I don't think that's a good idea because I didn't think you could make a quality product, a quality binocular for $99. They come up with this thing and I get to look through it for the first time and I'm like, what have you guys done? Like it is, you know, is it our, you know, top tier Razer UHD? No, it's not. But it is one heck of a binocular. Uh, That's awesome. I mean, it's- I love it. It's optically incredibly Get it in the hands of everybody. Exactly. There's no better way to get somebody interested in hunting than to put a quality product in their hand at the beginning, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And if somebody doesn't know if they want to pursue something, uh, doesn't know if they love it yet- you got to get them in at a price point that they're going to try it. And yeah. that's with waterfowl hunting. That's with, you know, big game hunting, small game hunting, you, you name it. And I think that Vortex really does that. I'm so excited about what the huge, the future holds for hunters. You know, we sometimes talk about the, the negative aspects uh, in life uh, of the hunter or when, you know, some people leave junk in the field and the mm. farmer says no more hunters on this. And, and I think that it goes both directions, but 
I think we can really look forward to new hunters having the ability and the quality products to give something a try to reach into themselves and find that adventure because everybody's got it. Some people are afraid to explore it, but I think uh, Vortex, the Fowl Life, I think the provider, which shows you how to take game to the table, I think they were on the ahead of the curve on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's what's one of the things that I so love about the Fowl Life is they have this partnership with the provider and showing people how to take wild game and make it delicious. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think the quality products that you use have to be at a price point, and I think they are. And, and at the end of the day, everyone has that adventuresome side within themselves if they can just reach in and grab it. And part of what your job and your life is helping people find that adventure. 100%, 100%. I mean, and, and there's never been a better time to do it like we've been talking about. Like the equipment these days is so good and and processes and manufacturing have gotten so good that you're able to do these things and bring these incredible products to market to consumers at a price that isn't going to necessarily kill them in their pocketbook or we can meet them where they are, you know, depending on, on the product that we come out with. Um, and you know, we touched on before, like the information, the products, you know, you don't have to be cold anymore. You're in some, you know, some pretty high speed gear today. You can be comfortable. You can stay dry. You can stay in the field longer. You can go further because you've got lighter weight gear. I mean, this is the golden era of outdoor there has never been a better time to explore hunting fishing kayaking biking mountain climbing hiking whatever you want to do in the outdoors there has never been a better time there has never been a better place than the united states of america to do it and there's never been a more quintessentially perfect hub than the state of wisconsin to experience it and mark boardman i can't thank you enough for being here you're a fascinating dude i could talk to you for hours about every little aspect of what your life has been to bring you to this point and appreciate you sharing that with us folks you've been listening to the Fowl Life Podcast Midwest Series I'm your host Joel Clayfish we'll check you out next time the Fowl Life Midwest Series with Joel Clayfish Mark Boardman is joining us from Vortex why would you not use a superpower you have the ability to have like superhuman vision and you're not going to use it I feel absolutely naked if I don't have my binoculars with me when I'm scouting you're able to set back but also have a front row seat so you're looking at whether it's ducks deer elk whatever you know unbeknownst to them right Right. and get a clear picture of how it lives its life and then how you can hopefully hunt it better or make that stock or decide what your next move is going to be. Stay up to date and informed by listening to the Foul Life Midwest series with host Joel Clayfish. And you can stream it on SoundCloud, iHeart, and Spotify or by visiting thefowllife.com. Have you become a member of Camo Space? Have you built your profile? Do you want to be able to celebrate the hunt, your fishing trip, your shooting excursion? Are you tired of being shadow banned by other social media facets and platforms? The Reed family in Maryland has designed Camo Space to be hunter, fisher, conservation specific. Share your recipes, share your videos, do it with pride. Go on there and learn in the tutorials and the instructional sections. Download the app today. Get Camo Space. Get the merch. Wear it with pride. Update your profile daily with stories and photography and videos. This is what social media should be for everybody. Our experience should not be altered because we have pride in being an American hunter, a worldwide hunter, a fisher, a camper, an outdoorsman, an outdoors woman. Camo Space is fighting for all of us and they're giving us a platform to share our experiences, tell our stories, create our memories, create our legacy. Camo Space is all about your legacy. House it there, own it there, update it daily, tell your friends and family about it, and let's build the Camo Space community. They're the official social media platform of the Foul Life podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. You'll see us hunting with the Reed family. We represent them. We're proud to do it just like my brother Michael Waddell at Bone Collector is. Become a member of Camo Space today. Build your profile and let's build this army and community at Camo Space. Thank you all very much. Have you heard of the fun button? Flask cap 
has reinvented the way we use tumbler cups. Everybody's got a tumbler cup. Come on, let's admit it. This tumbler cup is different. The matic lid is different. The six, the nine. Nobody wants glass in their boat. Nobody wants glass anywhere because of what can go wrong. If you go into your buddy's boat and glass breaks, that's a no-no. So you got your mixers in the cool. You might have a two liter of Coca-Cola, classic Coke Zero. You might have some club soda in a plastic bottle or a can, stuff that doesn't break and get glass that's nasty and will cut your feet up like no tomorrow. The flask cap allows you to store your spirits, your Jack Daniels in that Matic lid. And with one touch of that fun button, it disperses a shot into your mixer down there with your ice, your Coke, whatever it is. You can have vodka, you can have gin, you can have tequila. We choose Jack Daniels Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey and you have your cocktail for the day. Remember to enjoy it in moderation. Never allow underage drinking. Be safe. But Flask Cap supports the culture of the American outdoorsman, the American outdoor enthusiast. And they keep it safe, they keep it ethical, and they keep it fun. The entire brand, the culture, the messaging is exactly what we're all about here at The Foul Life. We're proud and honored to be teamed up with Flask Cap. Check them out at Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P dot com. And you are going to be so happy and take pride. Get your name on it. Get your logo engraved on it. Again, it's all about moderation. It's all about safety. Be careful with that fun button. One is enough. Two can be a lot of fun. Three is way too many. But you're going to keep that glass out of the boat, off of those beaches, and you're going to have a blast consuming alcohol through the Flask Cap. Again, thank you for supporting Flask Cap. I'm Chad Belding with the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life Television. Thank you all very much. Hey, everybody, it's Chad Belling with the Foul Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5-inch 12-gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new real tree max 7 camouflage pattern also included is a four thousand dollar online shopping spree from our friends at banded greenhead gear and avery outdoors plus three cases of ammo for each of the sbe3s from federal premium and a pair of wing shooter alpha shield hearing protection that are valued at over fourteen hundred dollars a pair it's the 2023 benelli migration madness sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at banded and federal premium ammunition from august 1st to october 31st again go to shoot-on.com forward slash benelli migration madness to be entered to win that fifteen thousand dollars in prizes i'm chad belding good luck to everybody the fellow life there you have it Joel's an awesome podcaster, man. His enthusiasm, his energy, his personality. People love being in the studio with him, and that was an awesome conversation. In my opinion, I hope y'all enjoyed it. It's a phenomenal brand. Vortex Optics is just awesome. They've taken the hunting community by storm. They've did it with ethics. They've done it with transparency. They've done it in a way where they have stood behind their product. Their customer service and activation is on another level. The quality of their products and the cost, the price points, it's affordable they have segmentation of each price point for all different sorts of clientele if you're a customer and you're in the market for a pair of binoculars or a rangefinder or a spotting scope look no further than vortex optics i'm excited about what's coming up on future waterfowl hunts um, future episodes of the midwest series we have so much big news coming out of the state of wisconsin their tourism department travel wisconsin we are going to be making a big announcement through a press release soon we will be back up in wisconsin in november and then you're going to find us there all throughout the year big announcements coming we're going to be visiting the headquarters of local businesses in the state of wisconsin such as Vortex Optics. We're going to go to Wisconsin Badger Games in Madison, Green Bay Packer Games in Green Bay. We're going to go to bars. We're going to go to fish fries. We're going to eat cheese curds. We're going to go fishing. 610,000 deer hunters on opening day rifle. The Orange Army, they call it. Deer hunters. Opening day rifle will be out and about in Wisconsin. We're going to be up there to check that out and witness that again. I absolutely love the state. Thank you, Joel, Mark Boardman. This is a huge deal to be partnered with Vortex and it means a ton to have you come on and spill the beans like this and every question that Joel asks you. Great conversation. Thank you all for listening to the Foul Life Podcast, the Midwest series with our main man out of the state of Wisconsin, the host of the Raised in Wisco radio show that you can find all over affiliate radio stations in the state of Wisconsin, the one and only Joel Clayfish. And thank you again to Mark 
Boardman, Director of Marketing at Vortex Optics. I hope you all enjoyed that. Thank you for listening to the Foul Life Podcast Midwest Series. (laughs) 